Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Xiju. Coming up in this edition, Hamas and Israel have reached a deal to allow the delivery of medicines for hostages in Gaza in exchange for aid for Palestinians. The United States has conducted a new round of strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen. And China has announced a series of preferential policies, including visa-free entry for Irish passport holders. We begin with the Middle East. Israel and Hamas have reached a deal to allow medicines to reach Israeli hostages held in Gaza in exchange for humanitarian aid for Palestinians. Under the deal mediated by Qatar and France, medicines will enter Gaza via Egypt. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the medicines can go into the territory without Israeli inspection. Associated Press News Director John Gambriel reports: All eyes are on the Gaza Strip and this possible medicine deal. Now, what this entails is medicine that is come from Qatar and landed in Egypt. It is loaded on five trucks. That medicine will then be redistributed. Some of it going to the Palestinians, some of it going to the Israeli hostages still held by Hamas and other militant groups. It may seem like a small deal getting medicine into the Gaza Strip, but actually it's pretty big. There hasn't really been any sort of negotiated deal between Hamas and Israel since November, and as you remember, dozens of hostages came out in that deal, and it saw days of ceasefire in that besieged Gaza Strip. From Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's hardline government, there was concerns about medicine going in to the Gaza Strip when they've engaged in a month-long siege that's blocked off electricity, water, food, and other supplies from going in in their minds to basically weaken Hamas. But it's also affecting the over two million Palestinian civilians trapped there. And on the Hamas side, there's concerns that the Israelis could potentially track that med- those medicines to where those Israeli hostages are being held, and possibly use that information to launch a military action. That was John Gambriel with the Associated Press. Israel is pressing its assault on Khan Yunus in southern Gaza. Jordan has decried Israeli shelling that has badly damaged its field hospital in the city. Israel's military has denied striking or damaging the hospital. In the Red Sea, tensions remain high as the United States has conducted another round of strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen. It came after the militants claimed their second attack this week on a U.S.-operated vessel. The U.S. government has returned the Houthi group to a list of terrorist groups. Sarah Coates reports from Tel Aviv. The U.S. Central Command confirmed it makes it the fourth set of strikes against the Houthis. In a week, by U.S. coalition forces. Now, CENTCOM says it hit 14 Houthi missiles that were loaded up and ready to be fired. Now, look, this latest strike comes just hours after a drone fired from Houthi-controlled territory in Yemen hit a U.S.-owned ship traveling through the Gulf of Aden. Now, we do know that there were no injuries on board, but a small fire did break out, which was extinguished shortly after. Look, this is a major shipping route, and these continued attacks by the Houthis have really slowed down trade between Europe and Asia. But it's not just that. It has world powers extremely worried about a potential spillover, a very dangerous spillover here in the Middle East, which is why the United States 
re-designate the Houthis as a terror organisation. Look, the Houthis, they remain defiant. They came out shortly after this designation saying that it will not stop these attacks. They will continue these attacks on any ships travelling toward Israel, any Israeli-owned ships saying that they stand in solidarity with the Palestinians, saying they will not stop until Israel pulls out of Gaza. Look, we also heard from Iran's foreign minister. He is warning the United States not to tie their destiny to the fate of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, adding that Washington's support for Israel is the root of insecurity in the region. That was Sarah Coates reporting from Tel Aviv. Over to Europe, Chinese Premier Li Chang says China and Ireland should always regard each other as key cooperative partners. He met Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar during an official visit to the country. Li said China is ready to enhance cooperation with Ireland as the two countries mark 45 years of diplomatic ties. During the Premier's trip, China announced a series of preferential policies, including visa-free entry for Irish passport holders. Ken Brown has more. There was some great news for the Irish economy. First of all, uh, Premier Lee announced that Irish citizens now will have visa-free travel to China. They join a list of some five European nations who were granted that recently, including Germany, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands and France. So Irish businessmen and people can now travel to China for 15 days visa-free. We also heard an announcement that Irish beef, there will be a resumption of uh, Irish beef exports to China, very important to the the Irish agri-food industry here in Ireland. The Ireland is actually the only country in the EU that has a trade surplus with China. Bilateral trade is worth around 25 billion euros. 15 billion euros of that goes from in goods and services from Ireland to China, including microchips. Ireland replaced the United States as the biggest provider to China from the Intel factories that we find here. China has invested some $10 billion here in Ireland. Companies, over 40 of them, like Huawei, like TikTok, like Uxi Biologics, all of those are here in Ireland. TikTok alone provides some 3,000 jobs. Very positive for the local Dublin economy, the Irish economy. In general. That was Ken Brown in Dublin. Turning to Africa, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has visited Cote d'Ivoire on the last leg of his New Year tour in Africa. He met President Alassane Ouattara and said China is willing to work with all African countries to explore paths to prosperity and march toward modernization together. He also hailed bilateral cooperation under the China-Africa Cooperation Forum. Mark he has more. The two countries have enjoyed friendly relations since 1983, and in recent years, exchange programs focused on trade, logistics, and agriculture. Cote d'Ivoire is home to the headquarters of Africa's most prominent financial institution, the African Development Bank. Its exports to China have grown at an average uh, rate of 18.2% over the past decades, mainly focused on primary goods like rubber, oil, and manganese. Another resource Cote d'Ivoire is looking to leverage is its logistics. The port of Abidjan was expanded through Chinese-founded corporation and a deal was signed with China's Guangzhou Port Authority, which means that large vessels no longer need to stop in South Africa before smaller vessels can carry the goods to West African countries. There are cooperation in agriculture, Chinese experts aiding Ivorian farmers into techniques. The Gigido Hydro Agricultural Area serves as a demonstration case for successful cooperation in various agricultural projects. 
Furthermore, cooperation agreements in 2022 materialized the operational rubber processing plants with an annual capacity of approximately 260,000 tons, equivalent to a quarter of the country's overall rubber production. That was Mark Kerr on the Chinese Foreign Minister's Africa tour. Zambia has begun administering oral cholera vaccines to people in the worst affected areas of Lusaka as the capital battles an outbreak of the waterborne disease. More than 370 cholera-related deaths and nearly 10,000 infections have been recorded across the southern African nation since October. Farai Murakotuya has more. Hundreds of cholera patients are being treated at Lusaka's Heroes National Stadium, the makeshift facility set up to handle the huge number of those seeking medical assistance. Cholera has spread to 45 districts, but the capital has been hit the hardest by the outbreak, especially in its overcrowded informal settlements where sanitation remains poor. The Zambian government's response, which has been focused on case management and prevention through promoting the use of clean water and hand washing, is being expanded to include vaccinations. On Monday, the health ministry received 1.4 million doses of oral cholera vaccines from UNICEF. The vaccines we've received are not adequate for a countrywide non-selective response. Therefore, they will be deployed in a phased manner in targeted high-risk areas for us to achieve impact in controlling transmission, illness and death. Ordinarily, two or three doses would be administered on one person, but because of the huge and widespread increase in infections, only one dose will be given so that more people can be vaccinated and protected from getting the disease. So this is a short-term measure. It's not a magic single bullet, and I really just wanted to reinforce that. So all of the other measures that the minister outlined, all of the other high-impact prevention and control measures must be adopted along with the vaccination efforts. The permanent interventions include fixing water and sanitation systems, improving waste management, and clamping down on unplanned settlement. Unless they are urgently addressed, Public health experts warn deadly outbreaks could recur in the future. That was Farai Murakutuya reporting about the oral cholera vaccines in Zambia. In China, the country's cargo craft Tianzhou 7 has docked with the Tiangong space station. On Wednesday night, China launched the Tianzhou 7 to deliver supplies to the Tiangong space station. The launch site was in Wenchang, southern China's island province of Hainan. Chen Yibing reports. This is the first spacecraft to visit China's space station in 2024. The mission sent the Tianzhou 7 cargo spaceship into low Earth orbit to supply China's space station. The Shenzhou 17 crew and the Shenzhou 18 crew's upcoming launch this year. I am very happy. I want to express my congratulations. Based on previous experiences, we increased the carrying capacity of the cargo ship by 20%. In the past, we launched two cargo ships for two manned spacecrafts in a year. We have now launched three cargo ships in two years. This is more economical and affordable. And there are more improvements. This time, the cargo ship adopted a three-hour rendezvous and docking with the space station. On the other hand, it's a shorter time, lowering the pressure on the ground telemetry and telecommand. On the other hand, it increases the system capacity to deal with malfunctions. It also consumes less fuel. In other words, it's economical and will become a normal practice. This success initiated the missions of China's manned space program this year and Chinese taikonauts are expected to have their new explorations in space. That was Chen Yibing reporting. Finally, in North America, 
U.S. retail sales increased more than expected in December as consumers stepped up purchases of motor vehicles and retailers offered discounts. Data from the U.S. Commerce Department's Census Bureau shows that the country's retail sales rose 0.6 percent last month. Karina Mitchell has details. And if Americans have money in their pockets, the、so、one thing you know that they want to do is spend. And right now, wages are outpacing inflation. So this was actually a strong report. The headline number month over month for advanced retail sales in December up by six tenths of a percent. The estimate was for a rise of three tenths of a percent. X Autos and Gas that number also went up. November retail sales also were revised upward as well. And compared to last year's holiday quarter and this one, sales were up three point. Nine percent retailers were very concerned about that going into the end part of the year when everyone expected the economy to slow. So this was really great news for retailers and a testament to them because they really started rolling out deals very much earlier, as evidenced by the revised November data, and they kept those deals coming. So perhaps people decided to shop for themselves as well as for friends and family. Now, nine out of thirteen categories in the release saw an increase in sales. Those included motor vehicles. Vehicles up by 1.1 percent.、Uh, clothing and accessories also up by one and a half percent. Non-retail stores also up by one and a half percent. Department store sales surprisingly up by three percent. Now on the flip side, we saw sales at healthcare and personal care stores slip by 1.4 percent. Sales at gas station down by 1.3 percent. The big question is, you know, we know why retailers care about these numbers because the holiday sales are when they make the most money. But why do analysts and pundits care so much? Well, it's because they want to see if we are on track to achieve this so-called soft landing, where the Federal Reserve in the U.S. can cut inflation without wrecking the economy. This data shows that they're clearly moving in the right direction, and the core numbers for advanced retail sales will actually go into fourth quarter GDP. Something that everyone was quite concerned about, thinking that it would slow after a very strong third quarter. So it'll be interesting to see how these results pan out, and then compare it to China, which also released retail data. Month over month in December,、uh, monthly number is 7.4 percent compared to December one year ago. That was a very strong number and showed momentum. But the U.S. is also holding its own and doing quite well. That was Karen Mitchell on the U.S. retail sales in December. Recapping today's headlines: Hamas and Israel have reached a deal to allow the delivery of medicines for hostages in Gaza in exchange for aid for Palestinians. The United States has conducted a new round of strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen, and China has announced a series of preferential policies, including visa-free entry for Irish passport holders. And that's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Qi Zhi. Thank you for listening.